You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican. And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country. Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to UFC Unfiltered. My pal, Matt Sarah, and myself. We will have uh, Nina Ansaroff on the phone today. We also have Court McGee calling in. And, and Jimmy I, shits himself. Well, a little bit of a stinker might have snuck out. He may finish it here. Oh, he's, he's out. He's out. It, out. Oh. it is all Beautiful over. Knockout. He got rocked. UFC and digital media present UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Powered by digital media, find your voice. And now, your hosts, Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Welcome I, to UFC Unfiltered. Oh, sorry, Matt. I was just about to say hi. That's all. It's amazing how annoyed I can get when I do something like knock my hat and wallet off the table as the music is playing. Yeah, that was interesting. That's why I figured I'd say hi, because I didn't tell you maybe you were picking it up. There's an old expression, we climb the mountains and trip on the molehills. And that's the type of thing that would send me into a three-day rage spiral, knocking my wallet off the table. We climb the mountains. Trip on the molehills. Meaning the major events, the deaths in the family, friends having strokes, I handle that stuff well. I know how to handle that stuff. Yeah. But I spill something. Oh, I spill my coffee. I literally have to fight the urge to hang myself. Yeah, I'm the opposite. If I if I got if I wanted to hang myself every time I spilled something or or tripped on a fucking molehill, I'd fucking I would be I'd be dead. What the fuck that means? Hey, how'd you do with the? Uh, how'd you do with little couple snow days? I was fine with it. Um, I did not watch the Golden Globes last night, but a lot of people were talking about Meryl Streep's comments. You know, oh, she I won the Cecil B. DeMille Award. Look, and and Trump was wrong. She's not an overrated actress. She's a great actress. She legitimately is one of the great actresses of all time. But during her speech, and she's just using it because the word art's in it, but she was saying that if the foreign press wasn't there, if the actors weren't there, or all these foreign actors, then we wouldn't be here. And then people would just have to watch football and mixed martial arts, and that's not the arts. And I know she's just using it. Wait, she said mixed martial arts? Yeah. Yeah. But it's first of all, dumbbell, martial arts or, or fighting as a sport has been around a lot longer than fucking Hollywood. It is the first I'm hearing any of this. And I like Meryl Streep. I, and she, again, I'm not, I'm not going crazy about it. She's a wonderful actress, but just the arrogance of some celebrities, it's like, it's a lot harder to train to fight than it is to pretend to be somebody else. Maybe for, I'm with you and 100% because especially I was one of those guys in there fighting. Tell me again really quick what, what she said. What did she say exactly? Just so I could I'm, I'm get, a, up, get upset. I'm paraphrasing. It was okay. something like... Uh, Losing about Lou. look at Lou. First of all, Christopher Deuce is on vacation. No, he's getting married, and yeah, 
So we got Lou. So he's not on vacation. Yeah, my, he's in we hell. Got our, our buddy Lou. He's <laughs> what you say? He's not on vacation. He's in hell. He's entering hell. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. <laughs> so she was at the Golden Globes uh, and she wins an award. And again, it was I'm paraphrasing, but it was something about the uh, the foreign press uh, saying that if you know, if, like, like if all these foreign actors weren't here, she's bashing Trump, then we wouldn't be here. Meaning, without actors, then people would just have to watch football and mixed martial arts. And again, I know the point she's making, but it's like, stop overrating the importance of what you do. I, I love actors. I think it's really hard, but it's just, it's just, it's just a douchey arrogance. Like what Rome did rose she, and fell before yeah. Hollywood existed. Did I she, hate to inform you guys. Did she cut like, uh, did, did it get cut off at mixed martial arts? Like just those two, like she kind of said, or yeah, was she just named a few stupid. things. I'm con- yeah, because I'm confused. I'm saying like, is she lumping in like, like you'd just be a bunch of meatheads watching. Basically, this, yeah, like there'd be meat. nothing of culture to watch, you know. Because yeah. I guess, and, and look again, I love Hollywood. So, but it's just the the importance, the self importance. Yeah, they give themselves like fighters are pretty humble. Yeah, and when you listen to them talk, they're like, "Well, you know, my opponent was great," and these pompous asses just can't wait to get up there and show the rest of us how gracious they are. Yeah, I don't even mind their political opinions. That's fine, but just shut up. Yeah, don't don't attack our sport. It was just you a know? dumb, it, was, it wasn't even like, I didn't, wasn't like as offended as an yeah. MMA fan. I wasn't like, hey, it was more like, ugh, stop overrating the importance of entertainers. I'm an entertainer. Yeah. I'm telling you, what we do is not fucking earth shattering. Yeah. And, and again, it's, it's uh, kind of a stuck up attitude. I, I don't like, I'm not a big fan. <laughs> not anymore. She's a great actress though. She's, uh, she's awesome. Yeah. And you can't take it that much to heart. It just annoyed me a little bit. I don't even know the. I don't know, dude. I'm not up on anything, but watching anything. I heard it this morning. On I, Sam and I talked about it. If it's not Game of Thrones or Walking Dead, what am I watching? Well, I, I, I'll tell you I, what you're watching. The Crown. I just started watching The Crown. What is that? I had no believe. Me, I thought it was about dentists. <laughs> I'm being cute, Matt. No, it's about. Uh, <laughs> it's a that? Netflix show, a Netflix original. Really? About Queen Elizabeth and her rise. And I had no interest in it. I don't like British royalty shit. It bores wow. me. I already want to kill myself. I understand. <laughs> but I got a recommendation, so I'm like, let me try it. All right. I put it on. It okay. was really good. Okay. Really well now, acted and really interesting. From what you know of me, am I making it through it? Am I watching this thing? I don't know what you I'm like. Not a, listen, I'm not a mindless thug. No. When it comes to my entertainment. I mean, I like a lot. I like, you know... I mean, listen, Game of Thrones is phenomenal. Yes. But I watched like Breaking Bad back in the day. I love that. And I saw, I caught, I was late to the party on that. You know, I saw that after it was, it was done. Like I caught up on that. Me too. Uh, so I always like a, a nice, you know, something to get, something to, something new to delve into. Sure. But, uh, you know, you lost me at Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> me too. I wasn't going to watch it. <clears throat> Excuse I, me. It's okay. I have no desire to see Queen Elizabeth. I don't give a shit about Queen Elizabeth, yeah. but I watched it. It was very good. So I recommend it to everybody. I, I didn't think I'd like it. I've only yeah. seen the first two episodes. And I was at a girl's house this weekend watching nice. TV. Is, oh, a new Netflix. TNT oh, you series. were doing a little uh, Netflix and chill. It's just, yeah, no, but then it was just Netflix and go home and jerk off. It's oh, snap. We don't need. See, that's what, you, that's what you don't want. I know. You want the whole Netflix and chill thing. I like that. Someone's calling that's me. A cool, that's a cool line. Why? What? Oh, why, why? Answer oh, who's it. calling you? I don't know. I, I won't answer it. Anybody? If I don't recognize the number, I usually don't answer. Who do we have today? We have. Uh, I, hold on. I'll announce. We have. I don't know who I'm yes. asking the thin air. Um, Nina Anzaroff, uh, who is fighting uh, the fifteenth, and we also have uh, Court McGee, who is fighting Ben Saunders on the on the uh, Yaya Rodriguez oh. BJ Penn. Who is uh, who is Nina fighting? I should have that in front of me. Hold on. 
And Hold on, guys. She is on uh, the uh, prelims. Where I was, is she? I was just watching her fight, her last fight, and uh, and she's tough. You know, I wasn't too familiar with her. You know, be lose handing you something. Lose. It's getting awkward because he's reaching over the table. For yeah, her. she's fighting uh, Jocelyn Jones Library. Okay. Yeah, so I was watching her fight on the way over on the fight pass, and then I watched some more when you were here. And uh, I like her. I, I like the way, I think she's a, you know, it's rough. You look at people's records, and you're like, oh, she's 0-2. 0-2. And then uh, you got to look a little closer. When you watch it, It you know, and you see, I mean, I seen that last fight of hers, and it was, she was very game. She might have been down two rounds that were close, just a little bit down. A takedown might have affected one round, and... And she knew she needed that third round, and she came back after her in that third round and right. won that third round. So that shows a lot about somebody. So I, I that that stuck out in my head, you know. Yeah. What did I do over the weekend? What I, oh, I was out there in that snowstorm on Saturday. <laughs> you like the way I segue into back into I do. what we were talking about twenty minutes ago? I got caught in that thing, man. That thing was a pain in the ass to drive in, Jimmy. It was bad. It was bad going home on that fucking thing. People complain about the snow. Do you mind the snow? You know, not because I live in a city. I don't give a shit because I, yeah. I woke up to a text that someone, and I realized it was snow. I don't care because I live in New York. Yeah, you know what? I mean, you know what it is? As the driving, as long as you're slow and and steady, you know, it's okay. As long as you, you know, I wouldn't be driving around in it, but I got caught in it. it took me a while to get back. But uh, anyway, but then when you're home, like, look, the shoveling, my wife wants me to get a snowblower. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm holding out, not getting that fucking thing. So I give it, let me get like a workout. Plus, I, you know, what I do normally, my routine is when it's really snowy and I got to go out there, I'll go out there, but I make it, you know, it's fun. I'll eat one of my special cookies and I'll get all like happy. And, and you realize you out. shoveled the wrong driveway. And then I realize I'm on the wrong block. <laughs> you shoveled the lawn. <laughs> I'll go out there and I'll do one time I did that. I went out there and I, uh, I had a couple of, uh, I had a couple of my, those, um, you know, my special cookies and I went out there and I, I, and Jimmy, I used my fucking shovel to clear off my, uh, my car. And next, you know, it looked felt like a good because it was so much, and it wasn't working with my little hand jammy. So I used my fucking shovel, and next thing you know, dude, my whole hood is all scraped up. Do you even give a shit? No, we have Nina on the phone. Oh. He just dialed her. I didn't mean. <laughs> Nina, hello, hello, uh, Nina Azroff. How are you? How are you doing? I'm doing great. How about you guys? Oh, uh, very good. And uh, it's funny we talked to uh, Amanda the other day, so you must have been just as happy as she was when she won. Yeah, it was. Uh, you know, something I didn't. I already knew it was going to happen, but, you know, seeing it in even better than you imagined it is, is always great. And better than you imagined it because it was so fast and she didn't take any damage. Exactly. You know, um, I had a feeling Amanda was going to win by TKO. I didn't know it was going to be that fast. You know, the whole talk before the fight and throughout the canvas, you know, be patient, take your time. You know, the moment's going to happen, and it did, and way faster than I thought, but that's great. And were you frustrated for her? I mean, you know, because you, you see, you're so close to it. And, and, and seeing the lack of press just because, uh, you know, uh, her opponent wasn't doing any press. Um, I know you want to stay focused, but it, was that a bit frustrating to watch happen? Well, the only reason it be, might have became a little bit frustrating is because we weren't really told about anything. We found out the same day the media found out and the press found out. So it was kind of like, hey, heads up, you're not going to do shit this week. Or... Hey, I saw it on the internet. Hey, Amanda, are we? Are you not doing anything this week? You know, like it was. I think that's what the the biggest surprise about the whole situation was: is we weren't informed how what was going to happen. It was kind of just like we found out the same time the media found out. 
Right. So, what did you do for that week? I mean, instead of because a press schedule is pretty grueling week of a fight, what did you get? What did you wind up doing to fill the time? Uh, well, we I actually had a fight coming up, so we went and trained at a gym over there at Syndicate, and went shopping. You know, killed some time that way, so it wasn't too bad. <laughs> is it hard to be in a, like, you know, if you're in a relationship with a, a, a fighter, you're around each other all the time, and there are other fighters that have these. But you're constantly training, you're sparring together. I mean, is there ever a point where you're like, all right, it's, it's like kind of owning a company together or, or working any other job together. Does it get to be a bit difficult? Uh, you know, not really. And if it does, we just take it out in our sparring rounds, to be honest. Like, we're not, you know, we're, we're, too, we're we, we enjoy being around each other. You know, we're also like best friends. We go fishing together and train together. And sometimes if it gets heated, you know, we'll put a little on heavier on in the sparring session and then we smile after you know it's not it's not that bad you know what that's what relationships need the ability to spar that's what most relationships don't I have agree i agree <laughs> jimmy does it help though it, it actually helps because you're both by the time you're done you're both like all right we got that out of our system yeah it really does and it's and the best part about it is it's not something that's ever talked about you know it's kind of like you know what's up i know what's up and then after the training it's like I'm glad we got that out of the system, and it's never left the cage. It's never even left the gym, and that's it. Like, really, it's it's amazing. Nina, I was watching your last fight just now on the train over, your fight versus mm -hmm. uh, Justine Kish. Did I say that right? I believe yep. I did. Yep. And let me tell you, it, you know, it's so funny because, and, and I'm one of those those fighters that, if you look at my record, I have a, uh, I got quite a few losses. But when you look <laughs> further, like when you look closer, a lot of the losses are very close. And that's what I was looking at, like, your record could be so much. Your record, like right now, you're zero and two. But when I saw your uh -huh. fight right there, like you know, I'm doing my research. I'm like, man, first of all, that was a really good fight, fun fight to watch. Yeah. And the one thing that stand out st stood out to me in that fight is the third round when you were possibly down two rounds. First of all, it sucked that you got eye poked in the opening exchange. Yeah. And, but uh, you fought through that like a champ, where other people could punk out. And uh, I don't know how that much how that affected you. But uh -huh. it, but what what I what really stood out is that third round when you were possibly down two rounds and they said look you either got to stop it or you you got to you got to you got to put it on or we need a big round and you did you came back that third round and 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 you 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 were um, do or die you were going after her you ended the, the the round on top of her after some nice exchanges on the floor um, that says a lot about a fighter so what. It's been a year since then, right? I mean, it's been almost a year now since you took off. What, yeah, a year. What, what, why were you on the sidelines for a year? Um, well, actually, you know, you're right about the whole record thing. Um, I've actually had a couple bad luck incidents. You know, even my first fight in the UFC, I literally slipped, and then she got on top, and that was the factor that ended that fight. You know, it was a, a close decision, but because I gave up that top control for that last one minute where I slipped, I lost that fight. That last fight I had was very close and it could have gone either way. And I felt like, you know, I had it and I just wanted to put a little more to like show that I had it. Apparently the judges didn't think the same, you know, my other two losses, they were outside the UFC, but to a former UFC champion and to the Invicta 125 champion. And they were both close decisions. So, you know, if you see it on paper and you don't know much about MMA, I look horrible. But people that train with me, people that know me, people in American top team that are former champions believe in me and current champions, you know, it keeps me going. And, and I know I have it in me and I don't gas. I, I stay, you know, I stay consistent and, and 
the 115 was a bit of a challenge for me because I'm a normally 25er. So now I'm totally used to my body at that. I took the year off because I had knee surgery. Oh. And I think it was a blessing in disguise. That year I was able to watch Amanda go on her most dominant year of her career and be there for her. So my knee's better. I trained with her throughout those camps. And I was just waiting for the call. And you helped Ioanni uh, and Jacek uh, train for Carolina uh, Kowalkowicz or there's Kovalkiewicz? I, I yes. mean, I have 10 different ex- explana- uh, pronunciations. How, how do you say it? Yeah, I don't know how to say it. I just, <laughs> just Carolina, okay. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Now, how but, was it sparring yeah, I with her? I did a couple rounds. I, I trained a few rounds with her. A lot of the other girls, you know, um, she came into the gym. People didn't know she was going to be in there. So it got, like, a little bit weird between the other girls. But I was the first one to be like, hey, if you guys need me, I'm down to spar. So they used me the last few weeks of her sparring camp, and it was great. It's great to see where you compare how you feel going against the champion in your own weight class, and then again the one two weight classes above you. So I liked it. I had fun with it. Now, why? Let me ask you. Why did it get weird when she walked in with the other? I'm not sure what you mean. The other fighters were there. How did it get weird? Well, we have five girls in the UFC at 115, so a couple of them are in top contender spot. You know. And we weren't told she was coming, so it was kind of like someone's like, hey, is that Joanna? And you turn around and you see her, and you're like, oh, I, I guess she's training here now. You know, it's, So it was a little bit like we all want that spot, and it's no secret about it. But, you know, it's one thing I get about American Top Team is that, you know, you do your own thing, you pick your own coaches as a training facility, and you do your thing. And that's what it was, and now we know what it is, and... I'm okay with it. I'll do, still keep doing my thing. And you really got involved with uh, MMA as, as a weight loss idea? Yeah, well, I started kickboxing when I was a child, and I knew it kept me in shape. Uh, I got in a really bad motorcycle accident, which caused me to gain weight and like be completely out of shape and lazy because the doctors were like, no, you'll, you won't be able to do much anymore because all the injuries. And it was kind of like, no, I used to kickbox, and that, that kept me in shape. So I Googled, like, kickboxing MMA gym and the top team came up. I didn't know how great of a gym it was or what it was. It was close to me. I'm born and raised in South Florida. And I went in there, took uh, an amateur kickboxing class. Uh, Ricardo Laborio noticed one of my sparring sessions and asked me to come do pro training and just went from there. And and you what the motorcycle accident... Um was it one of those things that where, where you got hit? Because motorcycles, I had a moped accident when I was a teenager, and it just kept me off them forever. Like, they really scare the shit out of me because I don't have the car, dexterity. Car ran, a, car ran a stop sign, and, you know, I, I fractured my lower back. I compound fractured my wrist. I covered my body in road rash. I broke my my ankle. Like, I, I was really, it was a really bad accident. I was in ICU for about three weeks, and, it, you know, it, after that, I got on a motorcycle again just uh get rid of the fear you know like every time a car would pass close i would like brace myself i just wanted to get over that but you know i've had a lot of friends die on them and all you know i'll never get on one again and buy one again like that but it was a eye-opening experience to say the least oh okay so you actually just did it to make yourself unafraid now you don't want to go back on you don't want to like tempt fate too many times yeah i don't want to ever feel that again (laughs) what were you doing before that um i was working as an accountant actually Wow. For, uh, like a pretty large law firm down in South Florida and then went into banking after that. So I was working in banking and and working for the law firm maybe into my first four pro fight. Wow. You know, it's so funny because banking, law, those are things that are considered to be like, quote unquote, nerdy 
you know, they're, yeah. not, they're not considered like tough professions. And then you go into what yeah. is what is the toughest profession. There, there was like like no middle ground there. So tell me, uh, Nina, what do you think of your upcoming um, opponent on, on January 15th, Jocelyn Jones? Liber. She's Liber. a tough girl. She's definitely a tough girl. She, you know, fought one of my teammates. Um, I watched her fight. She was actually at the Ultimate Fighter tryouts with me. You know, we talked a little bit. She's super nice and I know she's tough and we're both, you know, it's a really important fight for both of us, so I expect her to bring it, and I'm ready to go. Apparently, you know, I heard she's saying you know, maybe a stand-up fight. I'm okay with that, but I'm okay for wherever it goes. So I'm excited, actually, like very excited. Do you feel any pressure to get that because you want to get the first win under your belt? Do you feel like a little additional pressure? Like you definitely don't want to go down 0-3 in the, in the UFC as a start. Yeah, you know, like there is that pressure of like how important the fight is, but I, I don't let it get to me too much, to be honest with you. Um, I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, if this doesn't work, my life's over, and what am I going to do? You know, I have a lot of other things I can get into. I'm not basing my life off of this fight, but yes, there's pressure, and I feel that that's going to help me more than hurt me. Well, that's fine as a fighter, too, because you hear different people who identify themselves like as a fighter first it's almost as a fighter first and a human being second do you think maybe because of the way you got into it you have a a different perspective on it like it was kind of you know you literally could have lost a limb or died in that accident so this is all kind of gravy after it and it's not it doesn't define who you are yeah i've seen too many things in life that make me feel like i'm a fighter first i was always a fighter first because i grew up with three men my mom left when i was a kid i had two brothers that would fight with me every single day. So, yeah, I guess I am a fighter first. That's not who I define myself as. Wait, so they would physically fight you? They uh, they were older brothers? Oh, yeah. One was a year older, one was a year younger, and my dad put us all in Taekwondo when I was six years old, and we took it home after class. Like, we literally beat up each other all day long. Oh, wow. Do you you get along with them now? Yeah, we Uh, talk about it, and I'm kind of like, Thanks for kicking my ass. <laughs> it toughened you up a little bit. Yeah, I made it a career. Yeah. Well, South Florida. Exactly. Now, what kind of an upbringing was South Florida? Was that like a... Because that can be... Certain areas of that can be really beautiful. And a, like you get on the wrong block and you're in trouble in South Florida. I was part of the beautiful end of it. You know, like I went to a good school. You know, my family was, you know, middle class. Married. Like I, I had a good childhood. I wasn't like the Opalaka, Miami kind of... You know, no, I wasn't that one. And I, I was, uh, I played soccer. I was part of the teams and stuff like that. So I had a good upbringing. Okay, so soccer, kickboxing. So you've always been pretty good. You know, your legs, uh, using your legs as potential weapons. Pretty much, yes. Soccer scared the shit out of me in school. We would play it as a kid. I always hated soccer because I was always afraid of getting the ball drilled into my face. Because I think I saw it happen to a girl once with braces. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is a possible thing that can happen. But you know, MMA, I, I can't, I can't see, I can't agree with you on that. Which one's more dangerous? Uh, yeah, no, I'm sure MMA is a lot more dangerous. But it just, it just the idea of getting kicked in the face. I'm a very delicate boy. Um, now, yeah. yeah. Now I, I talked about Meryl Streep before, just because her com- her comment again, she wasn't killing uh-huh. UFC. But did, did you hear the comment she made about MMA? Yeah, I mean, man, people are so sensitive these days. I mean. She said what she said. It was part of her speech. Or were you going to hate her because she made an opinion that fighting is not an art? She doesn't know about it, so of course she's going to say that. I don't think acting and painting is an art, but some people, it's like, how dare you? 
So teach their own. Let her say what she wants. It was just a little arrogant. Like, you know, like yeah. I think what she does is amazing. But like, you know, but fighting is, is, is really, and I've done a lot more acting than fighting. But it's just, fighting's Facebook. harder. What's I that? I have half on my Facebook saying, what a beautiful speech. And then they have been like, what the F was that? So it's like, <laughs> eh. What are you gonna do? It, it's so hard on Facebook, by the way, to not answer back. Like whether it's oh, an, I stay neutral. Oh, it's so because <laughs> you know what? It is? You're reading all your friends' no thoughts. No, it's nothing. Weird. I don't put anything on there. I'll maybe put a like in there on a page, and no one's gonna see that I liked on a friend from like high school. But I would never sit there and post my political, religious, any opinions on Facebook. That's asking for it. People really, really get mad at each other. Oh, yeah. People were unfriending so each other over whether Trump, whether you like him <laughs> so or hate mad. him. It's just. Oh my God! It's so funny how I—I uh, I, I don't know. I smart you avoid. I avoid politics on Facebook too, just because I don't want to get yelled at. I don't feel. Like, yeah. I just don't feel like getting that angry. It's stupid. Uh, people it's you like, you're not gonna it. like. Don't do it. Yeah. Do you see people you like saying things? You're like, ugh, shut up. Yeah, I do. But I just like I won't comment or like or anything. And I think by not saying anything, it's the best way to go in this situation. Well, sometimes isn't it fun to realize that like, wow, I know a lot of asses, and oh, you don't man. have to tell them they're asses. Yeah. Just know that they are. Or I'll be like, man, I used to like that guy. Shit. Yeah, exactly. I, like <laughs> <laughs> I say that a lot. I'm like, oh, this guy's a yeah. douche, man. I used to be friends with him. I don't know. You know? <laughs> so do you find people hit you up for tickets now? That's got to be kind of annoying, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That happens a lot. Or tickets for Amanda, which is even more funny. I'm like, she doesn't even know you. Like, yeah. <laughs> if you're my friend, I can't be like, hey, let me hook you up with my girlfriend's stuff. You know, it does Yeah, I get that a lot, too. Yeah, it's one of those things where... People think that they just hand out hundreds of tickets yeah. to people, yeah. they, and they don't. Oh, oh! You're afraid of the UFC. You must get thousands of dollars worth of tickets for free. You're like, no, it doesn't work like that. Oh. Sorry. No, you get a few. <laughs> yeah, you get a few for your family, and then you're deciding which family member is your favorite. So well, difficult. When we just had that in New York over here, I got hit up <laughs> by everybody. Hey, man, you know. Can you get us some tickets? For, dude, New York was a hard show to get yeah. into. It sure was. I'm like, listen, yeah. man, I don't ask for tickets for myself. I mean, fuck off. Yeah. I'm not Dana, you know? But I'll, yeah. I, here's the psychology I use with Dana. When I needed, I needed one ticket for UFC two, uh, 205, so I asked for 33. I'm like, give me 33 yeah. tickets, dude. I got a lot of friends. He's like, two. then you just go, all right, I'll take one. <laughs> <laughs> Ask for more than you want. Uh, they hooked us up. Yeah. Well, good luck, uh, Nina. It's really nice talking to you, and you, and you are Thank fighting. You. Let, let me make sure we get the plug out, right? Because I tend to suck with the plugs. Which That's is, okay. Which, go for it. Well, no, no. I want people to watch your fight. Uh, it's uh, You're on the uh, FS1. Uh, you are on Fight Pass, the early prelims, 6 p.m. That's 3 o'clock on the East Coast. And you are fighting in Arizona, so you're fighting... Um, early, and yeah. um, it is on the fifteenth, January the fifteenth, Sunday. UFC Fight Night, Rodriguez versus Penn. That's a great, great card. BJ is finally coming back and fighting against Yair Rodriguez. Any thoughts on that fight before we wrap up? Uh, you know, I was a huge fan of BJ Penn when I was younger, but I think Yair has this one. He's just got too much, too much right now. You know. I see it going in his favor. He he literally he swings his legs like samurai swords. I was watching him yeah. over the weekend. He's a How dangerous do you train guy. For that, you go to a batting cage and let balls fly. You yeah. have no other way to train for that. <laughs> I know. I look at that and I'm like, I wish like this would be like. And I'm not counting BJ Patton out of anything. No, of course. Know? But yeah, I'm like, of if course he, not. Like if it was BJ, like hopefully he is the the young the old the BJ of the old of old am the I saying prodigy. that correct yeah exactly like when um like when he went versus Kenny Florian when he fought Diego Sanchez I'd like to see that guy versus Yair that you know what I mean that would be so I hope I hope that's what we got 
that you know that's who's showing up. You know, because I get worried. He's an old friend of mine. Yeah. Yeah, but I Nina, mean, MMA's like that. So yeah, but. for sure, Nina. And let me tell you something. Uh, just to let you know. I mean, I there's so many people to watch that you lose track. So. I knew you were Amanda Nunez's girlfriend. I did my homework. Now I'm a fan of yours, let me tell you. I was telling Jimmy before we got on, I go, look, she might be Owen too, but this last fight, the one I just saw with you and that girl, Kish, I mean, you showed definitely some warrior spirit besides uh, some nice skills. So I'm looking forward to watching you fight. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks, Nina. Good luck to you, okay? We'll talk to you again. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right, take care. Take care, Nina. Wow, it's, it's interesting. Like, you know, I always ask... What, why they fought and, and uh, the motorcycle accident Ooh. really scary. I don't like that stuff. I lost a good friend to a motorcycle. Did you? I, yeah, yeah, good friend. You know, and uh, his uh, what, what happened to him? Like, what, he got hit or he hit something? He was uh, he was a um, physician assistant here in the city, and he used to drive a motorcycle. And and he uh, was on his way back from the city, and I guess I, th- I think something a car clipped him, and he fell, and he landed on his head or something, you know, something like that. And I went to his wake, right? And his fiance was there, who is another girl I knew from high school. I knew them from high school, you know. And uh, this girl Maria, and I seen her at the wake, and, and you know, she was devastated. And, and uh, I invited her to come down. I go, listen, if you want to ever come down to, you know, to get to, to manage some stress or whatever, and do some kickboxing or jujitsu, she came down to try a, a kickboxing class. Now. This was a while ago. How many years ago? Shoot, like at least a few years ago. Now she became my first uh, female uh, purple belt. She's very good in jujitsu. So what comes after purple? Brown, brown, then black. But she's she's a she's you know very good in jujitsu. And she took to it. She loves it. And uh, you know she has her, her kids going and everything. So it was a positive impact on her life. Jujitsu, and she's like engulfed through it. Now she's. Actually, you know, she's dating um, one of my black belts, Mike, and it's it's a, it's a listen, it's a happy story. It goes into a, you know, it was a dark place at that motorcycle accident, and you know, jujitsu helped with the therapy. And I also wanted to discuss a little bit, you know, I mean, look, there's there's gossip that happens or people talk, but it is a part of our job to address it, I guess. And uh, we're trying to get him on the phone. Maybe you could try in a minute, uh, Ben it? Rothwell. Had uh, oh, I heard a very, this. very, uh, I guess you want to say polarizing or blunt interview. And he said, if Ronda Rousey can't rally after two losses, she's a loser and never was a champion. Wow. I don't know if I agree with that, <laughs> but, but, but he must have. I'm going to read its quotes a little bit. It's a few sentences, but again, I want to quote Ben accurately. Yeah, let's do that. He was talking about Travis Brown as well, who I think is a great fighter. Yes. And in the, whenever there's the word expletive, I'll say expletive, but I think he said, Ben said the word shit. I have no problems talking expletive on him, so I'm guessing shit. Because you wouldn't say cock there. I have no problem talking cock on him. No one says that. I, I'm talking fuck on him. That doesn't make sense. I have no problem talking shit on him because he brings shit on himself. He's one of the guys, I try to be nice to him and cool, and the more I learn about him, the more of his history, he's one of those guys that's just a man whore. He's a phony, oh and a lot of shit pisses me off with him. Why do you suddenly leave a great camp that made him good and move to a shit uh, expletive gym? Again, I'm assuming you said shit. It's got a lot of guys losing. For me, I think it was just a financial thing. He went there and found a sugar mama in his girlfriend. He's just looking to get himself taken care of. Um, and then uh, he's got some brains and like, why should I fight? I'll just get her to pay for everything. Well, these are really 
pretty harsh indictments. I'm saying this now. These are pretty harsh indictments by Ben Rothwell. Did they fight yet? I don't know what their history is as human beings. That's why I would love to talk to Ben and ask him. Yeah. Uh, He says, it's a good financial move on his part, talking about Travis. Fuck. But it hasn't done his personal career any good, and a lot of people think the guy has regressed and he's not getting any better. He's lost his footwork. He's lost a lot of different things that made him good. We're going to find out with Derek Lewis. Is the guy going to get motivated? That's the one thing about our sport. You can look like you're just out of it and forgotten, and then the next thing you know, you can resurge yourself. You know, it's funny. When, when Travis Brown was fighting uh, Fabricio Verdum, and Verdum, it's my favorite opening moment of a fight ever, when he just ran across the ring and threw a kick. Giant hey, fucking caught him in the beard, monster. <laughs> fucking head kick by a monster. Caught him right in the grill, I yeah, think. Yeah, 240-pound monster throwing a kick at you. I love Verdum. But... Uh, Travis Brown had a very badly fractured. It was a finger, right? Yeah, it was broken. Thing was bone was showing us. And Joe Rogan was saying that I think at the time because nobody knew. He's. I think he was saying that Travis was fighting poorly, or he looked like he didn't know what he was doing. He couldn't make his mind up. But then you realize this tough motherfucker had a bone sticking out. Shit, man! And he was fighting with a bone sticking out. Fuck. So you have to write that fight off. I. I really don't think you could put a, a, a lot into that fight. When you know how hurt he was and he still fought it, he's a very, very when, tough son of a bitch. When is he fighting Derek Lewis? I don't know exactly when they're fighting. Because I'm very interested in that. I mean, I would say, is he setting himself... What is their history, Lou? Have they fought? I don't think they... I know. I was going to say, I would have known they fought. They never fought. By the way, I'm, Lou, Lou put the thumbs down, but I wanted to sound yeah. like I was authoritative. Hey, Lou, you can use the mic, Lou. Don't be shy. Well, Lou knows. Lou, you can use the mic. Chris, the producer right now, is uh, he's, he's off what we call making the greatest mistake of his life. <laughs> Good luck to our pal, Chris. He's getting married. But I, I don't know. I've only met Travis once, and I saw Ben once, yeah. and I wanted to say hello to him. I think I did say hello, and I didn't talk to him. Yeah. He seemed like a nice enough guy. Oh, no. He's a, listen, and I'm cool with Travis, too. You know, Every time I see uh, you know, Ben's a big, affable guy. He's not, I think so. I always say hello to him. I, I get along with most people, though, so I don't know. You know? I, I don't. There's very few people I don't get along with. But that's that, that to me. Now, is Ben just angling for a fight? That's, what, that's my point. I mean, because you don't, because where I come from, Jim, yeah. Jim, where I come from. Yeah, the streets. No, no, those are fighting words. They certainly are. You come yeah. from the streets. Where I come from, it's pretend you didn't hear it words, so you don't have to address it. <laughs> That's where I come from. It's ignore it. Pretend you didn't hear it. You, know, you got you to gotta address that shit. You'd address it? Oh, man, if someone's telling me, I'm, if I was in his shoes and the guy, you, I mean, that, that, those are some harsh shit. That's some harsh shit. Are you looking at my belly right next to no. me? Like, I got my arms above behind my head. Do I look too? I've been, to listen to me. I actually Jimmy, looked at your armpits then. Jimmy. Are you the sweating? One, the right one is, the left one is fine. Dude, I was battling fucking Ma from Sin City before I got, I had fucking Drago trying to strangle me. So but listen, um, I've been eating so bad lately. Me too. I, I, thought, bad, I, I had a couple bad ones. Too. I use it like a snow day, Jimmy. I oh, well, like a little kid. Although I'm like, listen, I'm dieting. I go, honey, I'm dieting now. It's the New Year resolution, and it was snowing. She's like, snow day. Let's order Geno's. I go, snow day. Matt and I are like, I get happy. We're like two fucking hens. <laughs> the first thing we talk about, oh, um, I've been eating. Uh, don't tell me. I the pie goes right to my hips. <laughs> It's true. We're, we're, we're like we're like the view before the show starts. Oh, so sad. Oh my God! If you've been, pa- I can't stop. Don't get me going on I the know. marmalade. We should both be shot. <laughs> I know. What the Jimmy. fuck are we talking about? I know. I used to fight in front of millions. <laughs> I know. But, I've always uh, been a bit of a fruit. Now I'm a fruit pie. Can't stop eating them. Delish, <laughs> delish. Dude, I've been, I've been a mess. I mean, no one it was. We had leftovers, and then I had some pizza, and then. 
And like I just I've been ordering. You know, it's just this is happens in the winter. And I'll tell you, I gotta be going on the road again with Dana soon. I wouldn't know. I'm not oh, invited. By, oh, Jimmy, by the way, yes, can I just tell you I'm something? Not and it's not about it's never it's not listen, oh, I no. bring it up every fight. I bring it up every fight. I bring it up every podcast. He doesn't want me to come, does he? Dana White looking for a fight. Lou, I know you're busy, but look up and, and could you look up the new episode and see what it's up to? I'm telling you it's over nine hundred thousand and it's been less than a week. I don't know. I'm, oh, wait. What's today? So it's been a week today that it's out. Where are you going next? I don't know. But I, put it in well, I mean, boss. we almost got a million hits in a, in a Almost a million hits in a week. Is that Is good? it bad that I'm inviting myself along? That's really, <sighs> that's really humiliating. On no, my part. no. I think you're invited. I no, I'm inviting myself. And Dana likes me. Dana is very blunt, but he does like me. So he would, he's being polite. I think a lot of people want to come on the show. I know. It's fun. It's a fun. Here's the Listen, problem. Dana is fun. treating me the way a hot chick treats an annoying guy friend that she works with like he doesn't want to be totally rude because he likes no. me it's like oh he's a nice guy but basically dana doesn't want to fuck me but he wants to rise to the airport he's like yeah. the hot chick and, yeah, I'm, and I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm the annoying he's guy the hot chick. he's the hot chick i'm the annoying guy <laughs> that, i'm the guy friend you're i'm the bugging guy. him <laughs> what do you got what is that you can use your words could you get lou get on that mic right now exactly what do we got lou all right shut season. up lou <laughs> <laughs> season two episode two nine hundred and seven thousand. Well, hold on hold on hold on episode wow. one episode one i'm sorry episode, episode one. Good job. excuse me nine hundred and seven thousand nine hundred and sixty three views and this was released on january 2nd that's great and by the way it's competing with my new show jim norton looking for a hand job <laughs> <laughs> look across the table you found one look i'm only kidding that you'd give him a hand job you're not a hand job, Lou. Lou, I like. Do they have advertising <laughs> Lou, on that or not? I like Lou. What's that? I'm going to do a YouTube show. I, I like the my, I, I am failing horribly in my career. I'm going to do a YouTube show. Yeah. Yes. Ray Longo's doing one. Is people watch it? No. Well, he's Ray Longo. I'm only kidding. Of course they're watching. It. I'm going to do Ray Longo's. YouTube I'm not show. plugging it until he comes back in here, though. All right. <laughs> so we're not plugging it ever. No, we have kidding. Court McGee in a minute. I can't wait. I like Court McGee. I man. do too. I, I think I've interviewed him before. Have we interviewed him on this show before? Uh, no, I don't think so. Well, maybe I'll shut and up. And he's fighting my. Uh, yeah, I don't think we did. We have Ben Court Saunders. On here? I he's, fighting. he's fighting my buddy. My, I'm a good buddy with uh, good buddies with uh, Ben Saunders. We talked and, to him about uh, being clinically dead, didn't we? What? Just Lou, why am I looking at Lou? Because Lou's like, listen, I'm new to this. I'm I normally look at Chris the producer and just yell at him for something. But Lou, Lou, Lou shouldn't have to know if he was here or not. I don't think was Cole McGee on the goddamn show. If he was Let's on the show, him. I'm gonna feel like a fuck. Well, that's rude though. Well, give me a second. I'll look at the rundown of the guest. I'm gonna had. say he wasn't on the show, Court McGee. I'm gonna say he wasn't, because I know I know the guy, kinda. A nice guy. And I always like he you know what? We we have done a, a number of shows now, Jimmy. Yeah, oh, Jesus, ignore me. I'm listening to every oh, word okay. you say. All buddy. right, I thought you looking the other. No, no, no. You said we've done a number of shows now, and I'm just thinking of 907 thousand hits. <laughs> that's good, Jimmy. And I, Jimmy, I know. that's not bad. It's great. You know, I talked to Dean Thomas, and Dean's like, "Oh man," he goes, and Dean, you know, this is, I'm not saying I'm used to it like a fancy pants, like a fucking. Oh, I'm used to it, but I know the show's been killing. But you know, Dean's new to the show, so it's not only it's good. It shows yeah. that the show's not taking a dip without no. the other guy, and that. uh and he's just like, yo, man, I want this to keep going. I go, Dean, I go, all we got to do is what is just have a good time. And all we got to do is have a good time, Jimmy. Do you know how bad <laughs> That's it would like be? That's like us. You know all how, we have to you do know how is bad it would be if I was in an episode that got 11,000 views? Imagine if you're in there and it's just like all miserable. We're all like, oh. Yeah. Why is he Jimmy's here? Jimmy's here. Oh. <laughs> Come on, man. That wouldn't happen. What are you, crazy? Dude, you're a fun guy to hang out with. Thank you, man. Dude, we hung out in Vegas. Thank you. Yes, we did. I'm lame in Vegas, though. No, I, 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 don't I, do I did. I do what I do. I know you do. You do whatever you do. I don't even ask what you do. Yeah, it's ugly. It's fucking. It's ugly. 
it's, it's, <laughs> it's ugly and it, it's oh like, it's ugly that's why uh, I have, that's why I'm, I'm so flexible i keep wiping my back off yeah oh hi oh my yeah Fucking, you know my thing is i mean dude i'm if i'm there for a little bit like I'm just like I don't know. People would probably think I'm lame. Nah, you're good. I go to you know what I do. I go to the Palms. I watch a movie by Dude, myself. I, uh, by myself. Did you see? Hang out. Just I'm low, very low key. We talked about Star Wars. I got. I saw Arrival. Oh, did you like that? Did you see it? No. It was, was okay. It was okay. It was okay. Oh, you gonna leave me on? We gotta, We're talking. Course battling. Uh, battling. He's fighting Ben Saunders. Wow. Both guys. Uh, both fighters were available on time today. It's awesome. Uh, Court McGee. Hello, sir. Howdy. You're on with Jim and Matt. We we have not had you on the program yet, have we? Nope. This is the first time. You see that? It's because we feel like we know you, Court. Yeah, because I'm a fan. Because I like I like the the fact that you've gone through so much. And I remember when you uh, when when you uh, were on uh, Chuck's team on uh, on the Ultimate Fighter. So I wasn't sure if I'd ever talked to you before or not. How are you doing? Really good. Fight week. Fight yeah. Week. What's fight week like for you? Is it a very very stressful time, or are you just happy that you're done training, or, or what's it like for you? Uh, I mean, well, every training camp's kind of different you know and it's like uh i had a great training camp for this one but you know it's like crunch crunch time the last couple of weeks so trying to get all your fighter application stuff done and medical stuff figured out there's been like a few hitches in this time but other than that like uh it's went really well so i don't know you get you know it's a little bit stressful you're getting ready to fight and so it's just kind of like uh Cut, cut the training back to one training session a day and then uh, focus on getting my weight down so that I can make weight. Now, being sober, I'm assuming that you're still sober. Is it, uh, is it hard yep. for you if you, because I'm sober as well, and, and, and if, I, if I have a certain... 3,922 days today. Oh, that's awesome. I mean, that, that's, uh, over, wait, 3,000, that's over 10 years? Yep. Wow, yeah. good for you, man. That's awesome. So when yeah, you... You're welcome. When you have an injury, like for me, I had sinus surgery one time and I had to take Vicodin. Like you just have to take, you know, I, I can't go with no painkillers after a surgery. How do you handle things like uh, prescriptions for injuries or, or, or things that you suffer in the ring or training? So since, uh, since getting sober, I've had 11 surgeries and 10 of them and uh, 11 that I've went under 10 of them, I did completely non-narcotic. Wow. One of them. They forgot it was my very first fight. I fought Ryan Jensen. It was like my first fight out of the Ultimate Fighter uh, house and out of the finale. And I broke my hand. I, I shattered like my second metacarpal and another little bone and like a couple of bones. And they forgot to do a nerve block. I always ask for a nerve block because that keeps you like basically numb for 12 to 18 hours. And you can go back and get another one. And I would try and make it through the first couple of days. And then I could just do, you know, Tylenol and ibuprofen just because sure. I didn't want to trigger that allergy. And uh, basically, like, what happened was they they didn't administer the nerve block. And so I woke up in excruciating pain. And they, like, they drilled and put a bunch of pins in and some little towers and did some some work. And so I woke up in pain. And I just thought, like, holy shit, man, my hand really hurts. And they're like, you shouldn't feel the thing. And I'm like, I really do. You know, and I, I said, this is bad. And I said, I need something. But if you do give me something, please don't tell me what it is, you know, and, and I won't leave with anything. But if because I was still post-op and I was in there, and my idea was that I wouldn't leave with any, any narcotics. And so oh. uh, this lady came in and she gave it to me. And as soon as I swallowed it, she told me what it was. And I was like, damn it. <laughs> I'm like, 
I I asked that you know you not you not do that, and uh, it was like uh, like twenty minutes later, I was sicker than shit, and I just thought, oh, thank you so much, because I didn't want to get high. Right, you know, I was scared of getting high, and so it was just like uh, it ended up working out just fine, and I don't know, that was it. Well, you started vomiting after that. Yeah, I just got sick and like felt, you know, just felt like uh, an upset stomach. So I didn't get high. I just I got sick and I like it kind of took care of the pain. But and it was funny because I was I was excited. I was like, oh, thank God I didn't didn't catch a buzz. I just kind of got sick and nauseated, which is crazy because that was you know one of my choice of drugs was was prescription pain pills and that's what I abused. I I got. What it was was I, I had already started drinking alcoholically, and I got into an accident, and they prescribed me some pain pills. I, I shattered my collarbone, and I had torn a growth plate off my left elbow in an arm wrestling match, and wow. I had it repaired at the same time. Yeah, and so I had these two surgeries, and, and the collarbone was bad. It was like, uh, it was displaced really bad, and they had to take out a bunch of bone fragments, and it was really painful. So I was, you know, in the first two or three weeks, they didn't catch it. And I went in and had a second opinion, and then they they did the repair. So they they had me on all these narcotics, but I I mixed the alcohol and the pain pills, and I thought, holy shit, I've been missing out. And at the time, I was in my first or second semester of college, and you know, it just like went downhill from there. Yeah, that's you such know, a deadly combination too, booze and pills. Like you can't get a more dangerous combination than those two things. Oh yeah. Now were you yeah, fighting? Terrible. It was absolutely terrible. Sorry, Court. Were you fighting at this time? No, uh, I I had my first fight um, a- after uh, getting sober. So it was February second, two thousand seven, and my my sobriety birthday is uh, April sixteenth, two thousand six. So you fought after being sober. That's just one of those things that you're grateful for, and like one of the benefits of being sober. Oh yeah, I attribute any success and anything of any value in my life to to my recovery because everything has come in, in the you know over 10 and a half years I've been, I've been sober. It's like, uh, the marriage, uh, with my wife, the, the two children I have, uh, you know, and I had a couple of jobs mainly I, I was a commercial plumber and then I stopped. I, I found out in my fifth or sixth pro fight, um, I was offered to fight Jeremy Horn and I'd beat a couple of his guys, this Nick Rossborough and Jared, Kel- like a couple of the top guys, Demarcus Johnson from his gym. And then his jiu-jitsu coach, uh, I beat him in an MMA fight, and then I beat him in a jiu-jitsu match, and I thought, okay, I'm good now. And by then, I'd had a couple of amateur boxing matches and professional boxing matches. My whole whole goal was I wanted to become a professional mixed martial arts fighter, so I went and competed in everything, jiu-jitsu, wrestling. Uh, I didn't compete in kickboxing, but I competed in boxing, amateur, and professional, so I would know that I could compete with anybody that was – decent in, in their sport and then my idea was to kind of like to be able to beat him on conditioning as long as i didn't get caught or right. you know or, or you know submitted or, or knocked out and it was kind of like i could wear him down and break him and figure out how to beat him and so i kind of like uh based all of my training off of that and then you know just statistics where people you know where people lose fights which is on their back or against the cage mo- mostly unless they get you know knocked out or whatever I figure I could improve on my striking and my grappling, wrestling, jiu-jitsu, judo, all that stuff throughout the years of competition and just peek out and focus on, you know, uh, breaking guys. 
And so I just, you know, just like it kind of happened. And then I got to a point where I had my first fight and then, you know, five or six fights later in that first year, uh, I was fighting Jeremy Horn in December. So I had my first fight in February and then I was fighting Jeremy Horn in December. And, and, uh, you know, it's, uh, I don't know. I kind of thought my career was going to take off and whatever. And I, I was to the point where I really needed to focus on training and so I asked my boss to give me a day off, and he said, you have to find a new job. And I was like, oh, shit, man, do I do it? And I just took this leap of faith and said, I'm going to make it uh, my business. And so I you know, I just, I did everything. I got two or three part-time jobs, started working at a gym. I was doing plumbing side work, yeah, running a supplement shop, uh, just doing whatever I could do to make it and, uh, you know, kind of join this team and, had pretty good training partners and I ended up fighting Jeremy Horn and I lost a, a decision to him and it was my first loss. And then I didn't lose, uh, you know, uh, except for the controversial decision on the show, but I didn't lose, uh, until I fought Consta Philippou, yeah, uh, five years later. Yeah. That's what I think. Uh, I don't know if I was, was I in the corner for that one with Consta? He was with me back in yeah, the day when I, you fought. Uh, you might have been. You might have been. Yeah, I might have been. Uh, listen, I enjoy your fights. What belt are you in jiu-jitsu, and, where do you, and who's your, your, your instructor? Well, here's the problem. So I had the first guy, and I made it to – so he did stripes. So I made it to my four-stripe blue belt. Okay. And then there was, like, something that happened, and, and – at the time, I was teaching wrestling, and he would allow me to go to two jiu-jitsu classes a week. So I would go to two jiu-jitsu classes, and then I would go back uh, to, to this other little spot where, where I, we started our own gym. Uh, this my He was my, 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 uh, my boss as a plumber. And so what, what happened was I made it to my four-stripe uh, four blue belt, and, and I competed in a gi and without a gi, more without a gi than a gi. Yeah. And then... Uh, this other guy, he, he came to the United States, and he was a black belt. And so I started training under him, and I made it to my purple belt under him. And then the gym closed down. Okay. And then I moved. Uh, I got married. I moved, went to another gym. And this system is uh, the Walt Bayless. And they don't use belts. It's like you're white or black. Oh, man, wait. Walt, wait. It takes about 10 years. I'm sorry. Walt, yeah, he was a – what's that? No, I was going to say, I remember Walt Bayless from back in the day. He's still around? Yeah, I mean, back, no, I, I think he's – so I never actually trained with him, but it was a, uh, one of his black belts, Griffin okay. Renault. He was a fighter and a coach. But I started training with him and this other guy, Jason Mertlick. And oh. so th there was no more gi, and I, I trained at one other place. So I only got to train maybe once a week in a gi. Yeah, but the guy wouldn't wouldn't belt me because I wasn't part of part of their team. So I, I would only get one day a week, and then the other four to five days a week we would we would grapple with them. And I went through his system, and and basically, uh, maybe two years ago he awarded me my brown belt. And then I started training with Rob Hanley, who's a Flavio bearing jujitsu. He's like the main guy under Flavio, and nice. I started training with him. And I said I, I want to belt in a gi under you like it's yeah. something that i've wanted to do for these last eight or nine years and i just haven't had the opportunity to do it yeah so it's kind of like I, i've belted under three different guys yeah you know one to blue belt one to uh, purple belt yeah. and then one to brown belt and i've competed i mean i quit competing in in jujitsu competition 
once I made it into the UFC, just because I didn't want to get injured. Yeah. Doing something outside of that where I couldn't support my family because this this is like my my primary source of income. Right. Yeah. And it's like uh, I really felt like I was uh, I don't know not not necessarily held back or anything, but it was very effective. Um, I, I I have good submission defense, but I really want to. You know, I don't know, man. I'm a martial artist, so no, this is the only sport I've ever done. I've yeah. I played one season of t-ball, but I've been in. I was in Shintoshi Karate for eight years, and I was a, a black stripe red belt. And I just just before I made it to my black belt, and then you know it's like uh, I was in wrestling, yeah. and then later on I got into you know jujitsu, and then I, so this is all I've ever done is combative sports except for that one season of t-ball when I was like seven. <laughs> but besides that, this is all I've ever done, and, and I'm I'm passionate about it, and uh, I, I was always passionate about. Uh, getting strong and, and conditioning, and I've based a lot of of you know the methods I train off of of conditioning and di- different things you know and incorporated different things and then of course I met John Hackleman when I made it on the show and he's big on conditioning and being in great shape and he's a martial artist and I've I'm I'm I've uh, you know I've started belting through him I was recently awarded my fourth degree out in Hawaii. Chuck was given his uh, eighth, and Glover was given his fourth, and it was just like it was really, really cool. So, but a, a lot of the martial arts that they do are, are practical. You know, it's not your traditional katas and, and yeah. one steps and things like that. But when I was on the show, I, I Jake Shields was one of the coaches, and also Scott Epstein from Tenth Planet, and we sparred and we trained and we grappled and the first three or four days I figured like, cause I was a fan of Jake Shields. Uh, cause I started grappling, you know, and like I was really getting into it and I had competed against quite a few people and I'd done pretty well. And so like, I, I thought, shoot, man, I, you know, this is the guy, man, if I can do really well. And we just trained the whole six weeks I was in there and man, like he, he had a tough time catching me. He, he maybe caught me two or three times on the show in the six weeks we were in the show. And I was able to take him down and he's like, Hey man, he found out he was fighting uh, Dan Henderson. He's like, you'd be great training partner for Dan Henderson. You got a good right hand and you can take me down. And so I went out and trained with him, man. And like, so I made it a part of my training camp over the next six years to where I would spend time with. And then when I have, you know, time off in between training camps, I go out there cause he, there's so many good. There's Crone, there's Nick and Nate, and there's all the guys at Caesars. And so they've got, you know, great jujitsu, and I get to go out there and I get to work with those guys. So it wasn't like I was just studying here under one guy, uh, but I never had one specific group that I felt that I could graduate through. And, and now I have that. And so I've been doing that over the last year and improving on, you know, my uh, gi jiu-jitsu, just spending one to two extra training right. sessions a week. Yeah. And of course, when the fight comes about, it's like focus on the fight specifically. But but you like the gi? Do you like the gi in the off season a little bit, or do you? Yeah, enjoy, yeah. yeah. I, well, and and I like the gi for more than one reason. I I, I do some stand up training in the gi too, oh, and nice. and I do one of my conditioning sessions. It's like a it's called the old school workout. So we do like, <laughs> I like it already. Pushing a prowler and sh- yeah, and we do it all in a gi. But we start off with some grappling. We start off with some wrestling, and you make all the guys put a gi on, man. And it's like, it's just like it's bad. You want to quit twenty minutes into it because it's heavy and it's, you know, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It's just, it's just, uh, you know, it's like 
sparring with headgear. Everybody bitches about putting on headgear. Yeah. Oh, it's too restrictive and stuff. And it's like, yeah, but I don't want to get fucking cut or, you know. Yeah, when it came to that. The chance of. Yeah. Yeah. When it came to that with the headgear, Longo would always, as long as one partner was wearing it, because I was that guy. I was like, yo, get this fucking thing off me. But my partners would have to wear it because we didn't want to clash heads, obviously, you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I got yep. the head of a Rottweiler. But listen, really quick, man, before we let you go, Ben Saunders, you know, I'm very familiar with Ben. He's a, he's a friend, a good friend of mine. He was on my season of The Ultimate Fighter, season six. Very dangerous yep. fighters, both standing and on the floor, speaking of 10th Planet. You know, he's yep. he's, he's been uh, with Eddie Bravo a lot, and he's he's got that sick fucking rubber guard. And, you know, he's one of those yep. guys where he's real dangerous down there. But, uh, you know, styles make fights. And this is, you know, when I found out you guys were fighting, I instantly was um, excited about it because uh, this has the makings of a real bond burner. What, tell me what your, your thoughts on Ben Saunders. Well, he, he was brought out to train with Chuck uh, when I was getting ready for the finale. Me, me and So Chuck was fighting the week before me against uh, Rich Franklin, and then I was fighting the week after. And he came out, I think, with a bunch of guys from AKA. Like, uh, but, but I'm not, I, I think that's where he was at, but, but I'm not a hundred percent sure, but he, he came out to train. And so we got to train together. We grappled ah. together. Uh, we did some drilling, we did sparring, we did some runs. And then after that, we, we, we've, we've kind of always, uh, kept in touch. And I spent some time with Scott Epstein and Denny, uh, one of the 10th planet guys. And, and, uh, there's a few other guys out there at 10th planet, San Francisco, and so I, I've trained with quite a few of those guys, and then we just kind of always followed each other's career, and we both have the same nutritionist, and so off and on we've followed each other's career. So so we know quite a bit, and we've trained together. Of course, a lot changes over the course of a year, yeah. let alone five or six years. So sure. I don't know. I'm excited, man. I definitely res- I respect everybody I fight. Yeah. I mean, but I got into this business, you know, to like – I mean, I took it as serious in my very first fight as I did this being my, my 30th fight. Yeah. And it's like, uh, you know, it's like uh, once, once I sign, you know, it's like the focus is uh, figuring out how to beat that guy. Yeah, it's an and exciting, so, it's an exciting process, man. Though that that fight camp, when you, when I, I remember what it's like when you signed. I not now, you know, when you know you signed, you're like, all right, I signed. Now it's on. Two months from now, it's yeah. on. You know, and the countdown begins and. And you want to peak at the right time, and then the closer it gets, the anticipation. I'm excited for you. I, I miss it. I miss it, Court. You, you're bringing me back now. I know. I bet you do, man. <laughs> because that's I've all the that, dude. I, yeah, that's all the high you need dude. is that that feeling yep. of uh, fighting in there, and and you could probably get similar uh, feelings when your endorphins are running after some good training, man. Yeah, training. I, I also get it when I speak. So I start oh. speaking. And, and I speak quite a bit, and like uh, I finally got a website up. And what's people, that now? Give that a plug. CourtMcGee dot com, and enough. people can inquire there. But uh, I go to high schools, junior highs, institutions like prisons, youth correction, youth, youth correctional facilities, stuff like that. Just kind of carrying the message of hope, just o- overcoming adversity. Because I mean, I was homeless, and then five years later, I won the Ultimate Fighter. And so I just share my story, kind of what recovery has given to me, what it is to me to be a professional athlete, and, and, I, and I tell my life story, and ESPN did a sports center piece, and so I usually show that. It's about a 10-minute introduction. It kind of shows you the downfall and then the highlights of me winning the finale. And then I've had a, you know, since that came out, I've had a 
you know, almost a seven year career in the UFC. And so I, sh- I share that because kids, I got the cauliflower ear and the beard and, and people think I'm rich and famous because I'm a UFC fighter. And so <laughs> it's like, I have that elusiveness to where they'll listen to me. And then I tell them about the disease of addiction and alcoholism. And I right. tell them how it took everything from me. Cause I, I mean, my dream was to uh, compete, you know, as a, as a division one wrestler. And like, that's really, really what I wanted to do. And drugs and alcohol took that from me. And it's, uh, you know, and, and I share how it, how it took everything from me. And I, and I didn't know that that could happen to somebody like me because I had a good family and I, and I was relatively intelligent, you know. And then I talk about a little bit about finances. Like, I pay myself uh, $30,000 a year and that's what I live off of, you know, no matter how much I make. And You know, it's funny. I, I, read the Char- I, I read that Charlie Sheen was blowing 30000 a night on sex at one point. Like to give you a perspective yeah. on how yeah. people live. Yeah, I read that doing nice yeah. where he was blew thirty grand on sex. Yeah. Oh yeah. I don't doubt it, man. I don't doubt it. Core, we gotta let it's you go like, because we gotta we gotta wrap up the yep. podcast shortly. But you're you're a really interesting guy, man. I, I enjoy you very much. And I, I love the fact that you're sober and, and you carry a really good message. Um and you're fighting uh, ben Saunders, uh, who is, uh, you know, he's, he's not an easy fighter. He's a 27 and two out of 29 fights uh, on Fight Night yep. 103, Sunday, January the 15th. Good luck, buddy. And yep. uh, we hope to have you in hey, studio. Thank you. Yeah, Court. Thank thanks for guys. talking to us. Okay. Man. Best of luck, Court. Take care, hey, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. All right, have buddy. Be good. All right, man. Nice guy. Yeah, man. I mean, listen, he's always <clears throat> fun to watch. And that is a great, great, a great fight. fight. I want to I really... Uh, uh, talk really quick about those those those. I, there's three fights that really stand out. Well, hold on, we got a we got a what now? Now, now where's the read? Lou, can you show that sign? This is what now you got. You can't. You, this is one thing. Look, look what he holds up in the middle of the interview. Yeah, let's knock out the meundies. Uh, right after right after court interview. Yeah, you should probably wait till after because I'm listening to court and I just I'm like. And then he brings I'm that up. Reading. Thanks, yeah. Lou. Fucking yeah, Lou. We'll do look it. Look at Lou. Lou, you're all awesome. slow. Get used to us just breaking balls, Lou. Lou Lou's like, ah, oh, you fucks. I gotta be with you again. On what? Oh, okay. no, Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Yeah. Please, I know Lou, what I'm no, up against. Lou. I know the drill. Lou I mean, uh, I mean, I I I say the Lou all the time <laughs> picture a world where putting on a new pair of underwear isn't just fresh you're stepping into a better day oh. and then Lou says do you really want me to picture that Jim and I say shut up Lou it's creepy you're not my nephew <laughs> I wish you were too think about it underwear is the first thing you put on it's the last thing you take off MeUndies focuses solely on producing the most comfortable underwear you've ever experienced my friends at MeUndies sent me a few pairs a while back, and now I just cannot imagine wearing anything else. It really makes each day that much better. For the price of two cocktails, you probably could pick a better word, MeUndies, guys. We're talking about underwear. Don't mention cocktails. MeUndies is going to deliver your new favorite pair of underwear right to your doorstep. Better day guaranteed. You try them on, and if they're not the most comfortable, best-feeling undies you've ever had, A, you're a fool and a liar, and B, they will refund you and let you keep your first pair free. I can honestly tell you, I wear my MeUndies, and I'm not just being polite because they're a sponsor. I genuinely love them. They're made from Modal, which is three times softer than cotton, and it really is. And I, I tell you, how many women have touched my underwear and went, these feel great? One. Now, granted. Yeah, oh, you, oh, I'm sorry. No, I a you lot. Wanted me to- a lot. Oh, but I, sorry. The, the, the caveat, I must admit, oh. is that when you're paying someone, they say things to make you happy. <laughs> However... <laughs> I still believe they enjoyed my underpants. They make my ass feel great. My hog looks great. Yeah, The whole thing's a mess, but in the MeUndies, it looks good in the mirror. They're so comfortable, my MeUndies. And you wear them. Oh, watch. Look at this. Look at this. Look. Look. 
Don't look away. Look. Matt's showing me his nipple. I don't understand why. All right, I'm sorry. No, he was He was showing me his underpants. Thank you. My me undies, not yes. my underpants. I'll throw underpants on the floor and step on them. He shows them to me like I haven't felt them a million times on his sturdy buttocks. Don't, don't ever say that again. I'm not it's, threatening you. You have sturdy buttocks. Don't, don't say that. Why? We're two friends. All right, you can say that. I hug my buddy and I feel his sturdy buttocks no, and he's got me undies do that. on. That, that doesn't happen. But <laughs> let me tell you, I love my me undies. I'm such a fan. Lose a fan. Everybody loves me undies. What's well, not to love? Honestly, and, and it's easy to say because we're reading advertiser copy, but I genuinely love these things. And for a limited time, everyone in our audience gets 20% off their first order. But you have to go to our special URL. It's very easy. MeUndies.com slash UFC. It sounds almost Irish. MeUndies. Where MeUndies? With the MeUndies Better Day Guarantee, you have nothing to lose. So don't, nothing to lose. What the fuck's wrong with me? You have nothing to lose. <laughs> don't wait any longer. Go to MeUndies.com slash UFC right now for 20% off your first order. That is MeUndies.com slash UFC. They are really Honestly, a great product, and, I, and I'm happy that they're a sponsor because I don't have to talk about them now, and then the people think it's payola. They're a paid advertiser. They're great underpants. MeUndies for life. I can't even, I want to just tweet a picture of my hog in the MeUndies, but then I might have to tweet a picture after, and you go, oh boy, they really boost that awful I thing got a, I got a, a video of you doing an ad with it, and you pull your pants down. Can you send me that video? I'm going to send it to you, and you tell me, uh, you know, and it looked weird because you see you're, your cock in it. A little bit. And I'm like, oh, there's Jimmy's cock. I'm like, maybe I shouldn't put this out. He might not. Well, send it to me and I'll see <laughs> I'm gonna if it's send it to you, man. I don't, I, I don't want to tweet anything say, inappropriate. I, well, I'm gonna, what are you talking about? I mean, I won't tweet if it looks too creepy. No, no, I mean, whatever. All right, it might be creepy. You're listening to UFC Unfiltered with Jim Norton and Matt Sarah. Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans proudly supports UFC Unfiltered. Rocket Mortgage brings the mortgage approval process into the 21st century. Fast, powerful, and completely online, Rocket Mortgage has taken all the complicated, time-consuming parts of applying for a mortgage out of the equation. Hate searching through stacks of old files and paperwork? Of course you do. With Rocket Mortgage, you can easily share your bank statements and pay stubs at the touch of one button helping you get approved in minutes for a custom mortgage solution that's been tailored to your unique financial situation. Even better, with Rocket Mortgage, you can do all of this on your phone or your tablet. It's a quick online process that you can manage from the convenience of your couch. So if you're looking to refinance your mortgage or buy a home, check out Rocket Mortgage today at quickenloans.com slash unfiltered. That's quickenloans.com slash unfiltered. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states nmlsconsumeraccess.org number 3030 What was I saying before? You had a couple fights on the card. You were, oh, yes. Jacare, by the way. Sorry, Matt. When did Jacare announce he's fighting? Oh, he's fighting uh, Tim Boach. What's that noise uh, yes. I hear in my headphones? Hold on. Do you hear any? Wait. You don't hear that? No. Maybe it's my phone. Wait, what do you, got, what do you hear? It's like... That's probably what's... Hold on. <laughs> No, I don't hear that, but I hear some stuff. I think my caffeine's just hitting me. Is the show almost over? Because I'm starting to wake up. I was a little, I was a little off before. How am I now? You were great. Buddy. How am I now, Jimmy? You were great. Was I bad before? Was I was I a little slow? Not even a little. You sometimes think I ask. Sometimes we walk out of here. Go, Jimmy. How was I? Was I all right? Today? I always think you were terrific. Yeah. Well, you know, you like me. I do. But uh, I'm really excited. Listen, um, I'm excited for the. I don't. Listen, I don't want to talk about the next show while we're still, you know, balls deep in this show. Well, you got but, BJ uh, on Wednesday we got too. BJ, BJ Penn on. For the Thursday show. And uh, 
I'm excited, man. He's an, yeah. old, he's an old friend of mine. I want to talk to him. He won't remember me. I'm the first guy I ever... He, BJ's the first guy I ever had put me in a move. Yeah. He did, and he showed me what an arm, arm bar was. He had just lost the title. He was all black and blue. Very nice guy. Yeah. And he showed me in the chair, because I was genuinely curious, what does this feel like to have an arm bar? Arm bar? Not full force, yeah. but I just didn't understand what an arm bar felt like. Yeah, and it, bring your I, elbow joint in the other dude, direction. Dude, it goes... Your arm goes two ways. Yeah. He did it in the chair very quick. I was like, ugh. No, man, I love arm locks. I got some yeah? this morning. Oh, yeah. I need, I do, I do it. I Could you put it. a really big guy in an arm lock? Of course. There's a big guy at my gym. He's a nice guy. He's a trainer. Yeah. He looks like a giant wrestler. His calves are like fucking ham hocks. Yeah. And I'm like, this guy is dangerous. Okay. But a guy like that wouldn't intimidate you? Nobody intimidates me. That's, I'm not even. I'm not being a, a tough guy. What a way to live. I'm not being a tough guy. I mean, you know, you got to watch out, of course, for a knife or a gun. But I'm, dude, I'm, I listen, I, I, but nobody, I ba a big guy doesn't bother you? A big guy. Big, <laughs> what, what does that mean exactly? I love that. But what do you mean? Like a tall? Like, like no, a just strong? a really, really muscular guy. He could probably bench a shitload. He's like 6'1". He's going to bench me. He's going to come back down with no arm. I'm going to take his arm off. <laughs> I love when they extend, when they reach, you when do? they grab. When oh. they throw for a punch or they. Oh, they're losing something. <laughs> if I lose, I'll get on their back. I'll listen. Like if a guy, grab, if, a, if a big guy grabbed your shirt. Yeah. You wouldn't be worried about that? No. No, not at all. Not at all. He should be worried. Be honest with you. He should. What's up, Lou? Lou's he should say hiling. He wasn't Hi, asking no, you have a question. I, I wanted to ask a question. I saw but his I didn't hand wanna, come up. I, I didn't want to just jump. So much in. better than Chris, the producer, who just jumps off, jumps right well, in. Yeah, because exactly. Jim and I are sitting here astounded. I mean, you guys have a relationship a lot longer doing yes. this, but I've always wanted to ask you: Have you ever had that moment where, like, a guy's mouthing off to you, bigger guy, smaller guy, doesn't matter, and then one of his buddies has to pull him aside and go? Do you know who you're fighting with? Do you yes. know who that is? Has that ever happened? You because know what's funny about that? I've heard um, a couple of stories that that has happened to like Boss Rutten. You, you know, know what's Matt funny, Brian man? Uh, the last time I'm going to say that really happened, my aunt, my oldest is seven years old now, so she was really young. She must have been, she was really, she might have been she, under two. And I was on the train. I think we took her to go see, like we, a few times I took my kids on the Long Island Railroad, but it was this my oldest. So we only had her. It was me, my wife. I'm going to say interest Angelina because she was very little. And then we were going, we were coming back from Manhattan after going, I took her to see Yo Gabba Gabba on Broadway or something like that, you know, or, or Radio City or whatever it is. I brought, they would, or go see some kind of Muppet show. What I, yeah. I, I always take my kids to go see stuff. The Lion King. So we're on the train getting back and then there was two couples and they didn't seem like bad, bad people or anything. I, you know, I, I didn't get any bad vibes to them. But when the guy got up, he was drinking a beer. He looked like an Irish guy. And he was talking to his, his friends and he was going to the bathroom and his beer was like over my kid's head. Like my, my wife was holding my kid. So the beer's like going over. Like it's like, it's a, I mean, it's about it, the split. It's a potential. It, hazard. It's a potential spilling a beer on my kid's head. So I'm like, Oh, you know what? You know, watch yourself, pal. You know, I went to go and he goes, Oh, and he got a little taken back. Like, Whoa, you know what? You know, like he said, he was, he was drinking. I could tell he was a little off. And he was getting like a little mouthy, like you know, listen, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spill my beer. Like, what are you, what are you, who are you talking to? Like, he was getting kind of nasty. And I go, you know, I go, hey man. And then I stood up, and uh, and then right away, like uh, his, he was then right. I forgot exactly the, how it went down. I'm not gonna try to go word for word because it won't come out. But nearly. you stood up. Oh no, no. Well, he thought he was getting because he was standing up. So I'm not going to have this guy standing over me. God forbid he, he does anything stupid, you know, because he was getting a little bit like, hey, dude, don't put your hand on me. You know, I'm not going to spill my wine. I'm not going to spill my beer on your kid. He's getting a little nasty. So then I stood up and I angled my body, you know, 
Where and I was still talking to him. Where I was just gonna, you know, ready to let a right hand fly if I had to. And then his, because there was two of them, and his buddy was over there, and he had two girls with them. And I had my wife, and my kid with me, you know. So it was about to get. And then his friend jumped in right at that moment and goes. When the girls are bringing the other guy back, you know, because he was getting it still mouthy, and the guy comes up to me, he goes, look, I know who you are. I know who you are. There's no problem. There's and I didn't know the guy knew me at all, the other guy, you know. So then they they got the other guy back, and then he's like, I want to, you know, spilt it on your, your, your beautiful child. He was drunk. I don't even think the guy might not have been a bad guy. But he Did he change his tune when he came back? Yeah, well, his buddy, and his buddy wasn't a small guy. Either. This guy was a decent-sized guy, but the buddy was uh, a little bigger, so I was already, you know, seeing how I was going to handle it if it had if it was going to go down. You weren't you know? worried? No. I'm never. I'm more worried about anything happening where my, uh, scarring my kid. My kid was little, though, back then, because she didn't really know what was going on. So she was like, Daddy, you know, she was, but, you know, hey, listen, man, close call for those motherfuckers. Yeah, That's all I know. Yeah, take I, right. I, I don't want you know. I don't want to scar my my child, sure. so I would try to avoid it. But you're not spilling a fucking, you know. It was what it wasn't even like a a bottle. It was like a, a open. Yeah, thing, it was a yeah. it was a plastic cup of beer. I don't know. Yeah. There might have been a hockey game that let out. Who knows? Yeah. what the fuck happened. But instead of just going, oh, sorry, man. Like he could have just said, no. He sorry. kept he kept it going because I'm like, no, no. You almost spilled your beer. Because I'm not. I wasn't spilling my beer. I go, no. I, I know you're not spilling your beer, but you almost spilled your beer. My and then it kind of escalated a little bit where it's like, hey, dude, I'll just fuck off. You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm giving you a fucking pass, dude. I'm not coming up fucking smacking you or nothing. I don't know. Like, you know what I mean, Jim? It's a different world this from no, Jim Norton's no, life. But I would have said, sir, no. I'm going to move my baby in case you spill that beer. I apologize that That's my funny. kid was in the way. Yeah. And I'll pay for the beer. Can I tell I'm you, there's, there's certain things in life that just shape your life and how you're going to be. Yeah. And when I was in, I'm telling you, I was always, I remember one time you asked me, Jimmy, like, do you ever guys mess with you because you're so, like, like I don't know, I could be silly. I could be silly, yeah, they Jimmy. they misinterpret that. I could be silly. Very silly. Silly goose. I, I, I like, call you a silly I, goose. I know. I like it. Silly but uh, but I, could, I, could, I could flip it on a phone. Oh, yeah. I could flip it in a second. I know I can. I, when I, I was always a, a, a goofy kid, like always like, like joking around, this and that. And then I got to seventh grade, and it was a big difference, man, between my junior high and my elementary school. And uh, I used to get fucked with a lot when I, when I, I was a little kid still. I was kind of like small. And then I developed a lot between seventh and eighth grade, and I had a fucking hit list. And I went after guys. Who, and the first guy that fucking tried to fuck with me, I busted his nose, broke it, and, uh, and it felt good. If no, if no, it felt not to hurt somebody. Yeah, It felt good yourself. to be like, listen... I remember saying to myself, like in a fucking movie, I'm like, listen, over that summer, I was training, I was working. I go, the first guy that fucks with me, I'm going to make an example of. And I'm never getting picked on again. Never, ever, never, ever. Because it's the worst feeling in the world. It's the worst feeling in the world. I'm sure if you ever yeah, got fucked with. I did. I mean, I mean, I used to get fucked with in seventh grade and just being like, oh, and I wasn't, I didn't develop yet. I was still like, a, I felt like a kid still. I was still a kid. I showed you a picture of me in sixth grade. Whatever. I'll show it to you again. After. Yeah. But uh, somebody sent it to me, a class picture. I was like, I was like, yeah, I was a, I was a goofy little kid, man. And people were rude. They were mean. And there was bullies. And, and I didn't know how to handle it, man. I, I was like, oh man, like, uh, I, it's almost like you wanted somebody to kind of do something for you and nobody would. So it's like, you know what, man, I'm never feeling, it feels very, it's very freeing to know that you'll never feel that again. Like, you know what you say? That's a different way to live. It's the way I live now, man. I don't give a fuck. Nobody's ever. I'm yeah. not. Get, I'm not getting fucked with. I don't like bullies. And if I witness a bully, I'm stepping in like a five foot six Spider Man. 
It's great. Okay. Anyway, listen, Jimmy, I'm excited. I'm excited for this, for this weekend. I am too. We got BJ on Sunday. Wednesday. Oh, um, what? You know, we got BJ on Wednesday yes. calling in. The fights, and, uh, the fights are on Sunday. They are on Sunday. That threw me off a little bit. Yeah, Yair's dangerous though, man. I was watching his stuff. He is a fun guy to watch. He's yeah. eight and one. Uh, yeah, he, we had him on here before. He's great. And he's uh, that was it, before the Caceres fight. He's like, uh, man, he's a very reminds me of myself <laughs> if I was a man and limber. <laughs> he's able to do a lot of. See, this is the thing, the, I, and I talked about this before. Like, as an in, in an aging fighter, the toughness doesn't go away. Maybe your ability to absorb punishment. I haven't seen that with BJ. He still could, you know, he still sure. got a chin on him. But your athleticism is one of the very first things to go, yeah. usually. The heart's know. there, but the body just is. Exactly. Fuck you. Yeah. And this is what I get worried about in a five round fight. And BJ has gassed before, you know? I do, I have, I find comfort knowing that he's working with uh, the Jackson and Wink Camp. Yes. I, I heard they're working because, on very hard. Too. Well, because they're, he's, they're not going to. These aren't these aren't yes men. These aren't guys that are going to be. Yeah, BJ, you're in great shape. You know, fucking, you know, going in the in the fucking lake in fucking Hawaii or whatever he's doing. It, no, these guys are training him the right way in fucking Albuquerque, and uh, I want to see what they. What, you know, they're, they're not going to put a stamp on him saying, listen, you know, he's with. Uh, you know, they're going to they're going to train him the right way. In other words, so I want to see how, what he's got because that last time he fought Frankie Edgar. With all and listen, I love Frankie Edgar, sure. and he can make anybody look look not nearly as good as they are. But BJ didn't look. I don't think he 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 looked even to his prior his other losses to uh, Frankie, where he had moments of the old BJ, where his last one was kind of just of a shadow of himself. And I want to see. I would love to see the BJ of old yeah. fight Yair on Sunday night. And Yair is calling in too on Wednesday. Oh, we've oh, had wow. Oh, Sorry, I I I, I uh, fart I, slipped out. I, did you just fan it? Oh no! <laughs> did you just fan it towards me? You- <laughs> Jimmy, I love you, prick. What was that, dude? Why would you do that to me? Oh, you have to fan your the farts. The fuck are you doing? Always fan your farts. Uh, your ah, fuck. <laughs> that, that, <Ow>. Holy <laughs> shit, man. Are we done? Are we fucking... Oh. I have some more points Lou, to make. this is fucking bad. Hold on now. Lou, this is fucking bad. I have a lot more to say. Dude. Oh, open the door. He's dude, fanning it back at me. this is fucking bad. I gave a gift to my friend and he's standing oh, back. Fuck. Listen, the ninja. Fart oh, dude. Never this failed. is the wor- this is I didn't sign this. <laughs> that broccoli. I didn't game. sign on for this. No, listen, Was no more. Stick to your almonds before the show started. That bad fart? He's eating chicken and broccoli. Dude, I, <laughs> I swear to God I taste it. This is disgusting. <laughs> this is this is fucking bad, dude. I can't help it. I, I this When is, I get excited for a fight, it comes I out. I don't think Longo could take this. And I've dealt with well, well then again. He can take it. The, this, the, oh my the, the, this reminds me of maybe when I was getting ready for my uh, title fight versus Longo versus Longo versus uh, <laughs> over at Longo's and I went to the bathroom after him and I think he like stood in front of the door where I couldn't get out. This is like one of those moments. Was it a bad dump he took? Uh, there's, no, there's no such thing as a long oh, good dump. I got you now, didn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Jimmy, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, get checked, Jimmy. Come on, you guys are making something, me happy. Something died. I think your last... Did you have a date last night? I think they left something up your ass. <laughs> no, I did, died. but no, she was a good girl, though. We didn't do anything but kiss. All right, we'll wrap up. We got Rodriguez calling in. We got Penn calling in. Uh, and we also, have, don't forget, Joe Lazon against Mar- uh, Marcin Held. Oh, 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 uh, say that again. Joe Lazon, uh, Joe Lazon versus uh, Marcin Held. That's a fucking... That's an yes, awesome fight, man. That's the co-main. That, and, Mar- and, and that Held kid... He fought Diego Sanchez last, mm-hmm. and he went for some beautiful leg lock transitions that uh, Diego got out. Uh, and Joe Lazone's known for some; his, his, he has got some slick grappling. Uh, I, I'm, I, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for that fight. I'm yeah. really looking forward to that. 
Yeah, and then of course Court and uh, Ben Saunders. I'm going to fucking vomit, Jimmy. Are you you make no, me feel so good. No, you're making like so I'm exactly. No, I'm, no, you're, you're, you're happy. Very, Why are you so happy? My gas. You don't even apologize. It's like no, yeah. my gasers, my friends. Oh fuck, dude! I'm really. I there's nothing better. And than, I could take it, than man. My farts ruining someone's you day. You never should have. You and he fanned it at me, and it went right. <laughs> and you didn't even fan it that much. You did just enough for it to like <laughs> the small. It room. went right up my nostril. I didn't want to overshoot the mark. I'm gonna fucking puke. All yeah, right. I'll tell you. Remind me on Wednesday to tell you the story about when I was on the plane with Jim Florentine and we got bumped up to first class. How I farted all the way to oh, Vegas. No. Oh no! I farted all the way to Vegas. You ever fart down walking down the aisle? You know people can just catch it and hope. Like, yes. Like, yeah. What did I? I saw Deadpool the other day. He walked past the old lady. He's like hashtag drive by. He did a fucking fart in her old face. Is it a funny? Is it a funny movie? You'd like Deadpool. You didn't see Deadpool? No. Watch Deadpool. People keep telling me I look like Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> no, I think you know what? I think they're being pricks. They're saying Ryan Reynolds in Deadpool, he got all fucked up looking. Oh, <laughs> oh Jimmy! Fuck it, you said you you don't look like that. You look like I'm Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, no, because no, Jimmy, you look. I, was I, I want to give you a hug. But I, I made I, that up, but no one said that to me. I know they didn't really, but but no, because I know you joke. I'm homely. But, no, you're not homely. Oh man! But but he went in the in that sh in the movie. He went from being regular Ryan Reynolds to getting fucked up looking, and you look—you don't look like that. I don't know what you would get at. What is Lou? What do you got there, Lou? That's from fucking Deadpool. That's <laughs> cool. And that doesn't look like you, by the way. I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. All right, so I mean, that now, makes listen, sense for the hurtful right. comments about my gas. Well, how about this? That was very you, hurtful. Uh, hurtful. I think we're even now. Very I looked hurtful. at trying to take you down, dude. You fucking literally. I'm gonna vomit that's on bad, air. Huh? I don't know if that's what you're going for. From ratings of me vomiting on air might be good. All right, can we call? Can we end this? Yes, we'll see you Wednesday. <laughs> I wish there was a window to open, whether I could get some air or fucking jump out I'm of it. I'm so happy there's but, no uh, window. But all right, everybody. Jimmy, Lou, good having you, Lou. All right, Lou. Could, Lou's got to learn how to use his voice, though, on the fucking... He's they afraid to talk. No, no, Lou, trust me. If they, they don't want to hear Chris the producer, but we... <laughs> trust me, that motherfucker right. talks. Wednesday, we can't shut him up. No. All right, hopefully he brought a cock pill on his fucking I hope so. Honeymoon. I hope so. All right, Jimmy. I hope he brought the wrong one. Like, instead, it's a sinus pill, so he's clear sinuses and a soft dick. <laughs> All right, Jim. Bye. Did you just fart again? No, that's the chat. Okay, goodbye. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice. Is America's primary system working? Is the Electoral College still the best process for electing a president? Could a third-party candidate ever be successful? In a new season of You Might Be Right, former Tennessee governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen gather the country's top experts to explore these issues and more as we approach the 2024 presidential election. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available now wherever you get your podcasts. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every goal, every game, every point, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a game-winning goal in the final seconds of overtime or a shot on the goal in the first period. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only. Must be present in Virginia. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply.